For me, the, the starting point is understanding where, how, how you ended up in this relationship. And very often, and I think for, for many of us, myself included, we enter into relationships full of expectations and, and under certain social norms that define the marital relationship. And we don't realize that, we, we don't normally realize it because it's so ingrained in us. For example, we are told that we have to get married by a certain age and it has to be someone from uh, our particular social group or, or ethnicity and that this is the way uh, couples interact with one another and the man wears the pants and, and women stay at home. And it's different for every generation and every social group and every country. But the bottom line is that we end, we get married with a certain sets of expectations. And when we enter into the relationship, it may not measure up to that expectation. So do you ever envy those so-called hashtag couples goals? Well, you know, when you first fall in love with someone, you get butterflies every time you see them. You lust them. You're infatuated with them. You want to be with them all the time, like best friends. Do you want that to last forever? Together, let's discover what it takes to say a massive yes to all the above. Through our topical discussions, our world-renowned guests that will help guide the way to a happier, sexier, and fun-loving relationship. We're not doctors or therapists. We are just two normal individuals who have had many ups and downs in our 23-year relationship. And counting. We've amassed our own wisdom over the years, but we're still learning, just like you. Nina and I believe you can have it all and still live your best lives as long as you're willingly and consistently discover each other in new ways. And that right there is what the show is all about. We're Nina and Roger. And this, this is The, the Real show. show. Yeah, baby. Well, hello, everybody. We're back again. And my name is Roger. And I'm here with my beautiful <laughs> wife, Nina. <laughs> I love how long it took you to... <laughs> I want to talk slowly, yeah, not too baby. fast. Yeah, baby. <laughs> so we are the Head Over Heels Show. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in and listening to us every week. And, yes, uh, telling... thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in every damn week and making this show as good as it is. Yes, and telling your friends about it and sharing it and putting it out there and making sure we get more and more listeners. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for your support, either way. Um, you were in this cute. Mm. There you go. I'm loving summer. I love summer for many, many reasons. The weather, the sun, I'm not so white, and the lack of clothing you like to put on in the, in the summertime. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just literally... Everything about summer is just gorgeous, you know, but I do agree. The lack of clothing is the best part. Um, I think we both agree on that. And, you know, wouldn't it be just incredible to live all year round with this kind of weather? I mean, I've been in Canada for 27 years and all I could think of is the snow, snow, you know? But you don't have to. It's so beautiful right now. I know, but because it's <laughs> such a short season, we forget yeah. about it so quickly because snow is like nine months of the year, right? Yeah. <laughs> so it's a hint to move somewhere. We've been saying this for 10 years. Where should we move? Give us some hints. Tell us where we should move. 
um, I'm actually in a little bit surprised of how fast this week went. It was pretty quick. Like it was just Sunday yesterday. Because we were busy. You know, when you're busy and you're doing stuff that you love, time goes by so damn yeah. quick, you know? Yeah. Like and our relationship. It's 24 years this year. Damn it. I feel like I just met you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. good times go by a lot faster than bad times. Why is that? I don't know. Maybe because you're enjoying it and bad times is like, you know, watching paint dry. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the pandemic felt like forever. It's been, you know, 15, 16 months. Yeah. But this gorgeous weather this week, it was like blink of an eye. Yeah. Done. Plus we had a few things to look forward to. We were, we had some plans that we were supposed to go to a cottage, a friend's cottage. All those plans. Yes. <laughs> but the, uh, the owner decided to go on something called a water diet. And to be honest, I am planning on drinking a lot of different things other than water this weekend. <laughs> Isn't that what you do when you go to cottage? And eat a bunch of food. So that would have... Not helped her with her diet, so we decided uh, we'll postpone that rain check or not rain check. Hopefully, sunny sunny day check. But. Well, we had to. We kind of had to postpone it because, to be honest, we were swamped with, with work. We tried to move it around the weekend, but it just wasn't going to happen. We had a lot of listings coming up. We had offers to deal with, pictures, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Virtual tours. I mean, there was just no way around it. I'm glad we stayed. I'm glad we worked all weekend because we needed that. We needed to, to do that. So. It was good. It was yeah. helping our clients and moving our business forward. Yeah. It's a win-win. Exactly. And we had a couple, I don't know if you call them pool parties or pool gatherings that we were supposed to go to, but one of them had an issue with the liner and the other one, I'm not sure what, what happened there, but it didn't, it didn't happen. <laughs> we ended up staying home and doing a bunch of stuff and uh, we still got a bunch of stuff to do. That's right. But now let's, let's go back to the show. Yes. Go back to the show. We got a great roster of guests coming up. Yes. I am so, so excited yeah. so for this next, season. Our next few shows, we had a amazing and fun conversation with Dr. Marissa, who is also known as the Asian Oprah. So you're going to want to tune into that. She is so funny. She's full <laughs> of life. She's hilarious. Yeah, enthusiasm she's, like crazy. Oh, yes. Yeah. I mean, the she, she really has great energy. It's yeah. magnetizing. I love her. And we had a, a really great conversation with Dr. Ray and Jean. They're um, the couple we, therapists. Couple therapists. Yes, they do retreats. They do all kind of fun stuff with couples. They've also been together for over thirty years, and they are. Um, what I liked about them is they they actually um, do the couples therapy together. Yeah. Yeah. Not individually together. And they practice what they preach. Absolutely. And that's what I loved about them. And that's and I, and I can relate to them because this is what the show is about. Our show here is we practice what we preach, really. Mm -hmm. It's about our experiences. And when I met with them, when we met with them, it was such a uh, a breather, such a uh, an eye-opener to see people like-minded people, you know? Yeah. It's, it's great. Yeah, absolutely. All um, walks of life. Everybody's, yes. everybody's enjoying their marriage that uh, they put in the work. Um, also, we're, we haven't done this yet, but we're going to discuss limerence with Thais Gibson. Now, <laughs> limerence is something that you're going to want to listen to. You're going to, if you don't know what it is, you can Google it or just tune into the show and we'll explain it. Uh, I am sure that everybody who is listening experienced limerence at one point or know somebody who has. I think we, every one of us can relate to this, to that topic of yeah. limerence. Because we've all had it, like you said, at one point of our life, or we will experience it through our marriage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then in between those 
uh, Nina and I are going to do some uh, solo episodes discussing like various topics and stuff. But actually, you know what? If there's a topic that you are interested in or want to hear more about, um, let us know. Go to our, go to us at hohshow.com and send us an email or head over heels show at, on Instagram at head over heels show on Instagram. Uh, or just come to our website, check it out. Tell us what you think. It's headoverheelsshow.com or hohshow.com. Absolutely. We have a lot of friends, especially on TikTok, that are constantly asking us questions about our relationship yeah. and how to help them with their relationship. So this is your chance. Yeah. Tell Anything us what you want to hear. Anything. Yeah. Tell us what you want to hear and we'll be sure to bring you our best um, our best research for you to, mm-hmm. to, to help you with the relationship. Yeah. Absolutely. If we, if we find somebody that we can interview to discuss more about it, then we'll do that as well. Yep. Well, you know, did you know that 50% of divorced individuals experience divorce regret? Divorce regret. Hmm. Yep. I think I would yeah. regret divorcing you if I did. <laughs> That's really sweet, but you better because you ain't going nowhere, baby. So, but that's true. According to our next guest, Sonia Frontera, who says that being, she, well, she's a divorce lawyer with the heart. I love her. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also the survivor of toxic marriage, who is now, by the way, happily married for over 14 years. Yeah. Sonia integrates the wisdom acquired through her personal journey her professional experience as a lawyer, and the lessons of the world's leading transformational teachers and translates it into guidance that that is insightful and practical. She is the best-selling author of a relationship solution book, which is Effective Strategies to Heal Your Heart and Create Happiness You Deserve and Ultimately Solve Your Divorce Dilemma. Mm, That's where that 50% comes from. So instead of experiencing regret, listen to this and don't get divorced. Well, welcome to the show, Sonia. We are so happy to have you here and so excited for you to share with us, uh, you know, your life story. (laughs) Why don't we start with that? Hi. Well, first of all, thanks for having me on your show. Um, I'm an attorney. I have been practicing law for 26 years and I have my private practice in immigration and matrimonial law. And uh, I'm also an empowerment trainer. My great passion is to help people empower themselves to turn their adversity into opportunities for personal growth. So I'm also empowerment trainer and advocate for domestic violence survivors and author. I just published my second book in November, and it's entitled Relationship Solutions, Effective Strategies to Heal Your Heart and Create the Happiness You Deserve. I love that. Now, you said you're empowerment trainer. What does that entail? Can you... Go through that a little bit with us and tell us what what do you do as an empowerment trainer? Well, it can be different ways. Um, I do empowerment trainer for domestic violence survivors, uh, financial empowerment, and uh, also I do workshops and retreats, and they're very interactive and fun. And I help people find out the answers that they have within themselves because we all have this power within that we don't realize and uh, we can tap into it. We just need to learn how. Mm-hmm. And we're hoping you're going to share with us how. <laughs> so yeah. h- how did you go from the attorney to empowerment trainer? What 
What made the transition? Well, my my uh, employment history is a little uh, rocky. It's a lot of zigzagging, and uh, I worked in uh, in law for oof, over eighteen years. And I was a litigator. I worked in government in the attorney general's office, and then I became afflicted with migraines, and I could no longer do litigation. So I decided to retire from that and open my own practice. And at the time, I met a new friend who was herself a divorce attorney. And she used to be a litigator herself and said, just just leave that and uh, try collaborative law, which is a different kind of divorce law that does not involve litigation, that it's uh, it's settled. It's, it's a more amicable an amicable way of divorcing. And I decided to give it a go. Mm. But I had originally started out in, in family law when I got out of law school. My first job was clerking for a judge in family court. And I absolutely hated it because divorce <laughs> law is so toxic. So I decided later on to try collaborative law because it is different. It is more user friendly. And that's how I I, uh, switched from from litigation in government to doing uh, divorce law. And the empowerment trainer part came in. Uh, by having my own hours, being my own boss and having my own schedule. And this opportunity came about to empower women who are domestic violence survivors that were being serviced by our local agency. And I fell in love with it. I absolutely love working with people and uh, doing interactive sessions so that people can feel better about themselves, can mirror one another Mm. and come out transformed. So I'm hooked now, and that's what I love the most. It's funny how sometimes in life, as as when we're younger, we think we ha- we know what our passion is, we know what our, what we want to do, and you know, in the future, who we want to be. And then as we go through life, things change. You know, from litigation, uh-huh. you went to empowerment coach. That's amazing. You know, you, you never know what our future holds. Really, ever we always we're always assessing ourselves. We're always going through changes, and you know, doing things that. It sounds like you're you're loving what you're doing right now. So that's awesome. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Life is just so full of surprises. We just need to be open and receptive and trust that whatever's coming our way, it's for our own own good and our transformation and personal development. Yeah, absolutely. I I was thinking about this stuff when I was younger. I mean, I was thinking about it uh, earlier today when I was at the gym. When you're younger, like you don't have the confidence, you don't have um, even... I would say the know-how, but the knowledge. Yeah. Just to, there's some certain things like, um, your, your, your confidence levels, what you're thinking, what makes you, uh, less confident, what the, your, whatever your mindset is, you don't realize how easy it is to change that. And nowadays with podcasts and YouTube videos and books and all that kind of stuff, it's, it's so much easier to uh, to get that kind of knowledge and and be able to change your your mindset at, at a younger age because I mean I, I'm almost 50 now and and there's a lot of things that I look back and I think shit if I would have just thought this way or not think this way I would have been so much better off like so much more confident so much more uh, successful in, in, in what I'm doing and everything so I mean it's it's great to, that there's people like yourselves even podcasts like ours that are that are out there to like you say empower their minds and get them to have the confidence that they they should have 
Yes, I definitely agree. In fact, when I'm, I'm a little older than you guys. And when I was young, none of these things existed. So I kind of had to uh, find my way around. And there was no YouTube. There were no podcasts mm. back then. And the books that were available at the time were very limited in the scope. And the, the focus was most uh, mostly psychology and written by psychologists. And mm. when you, you're looking for something more motivational and now it's just so available. And I think it's wonderful because we all have that potential and it's, it's great if we can all start tapping into it early in life. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree with you. And Raj and I speak about this all the time. We say, cause we've been together for so long, you know, and we're like, why didn't we have all these resources us growing up? We could have had so much, so much more education, not, not just in school and in life, like what you're doing, empowering people and, you know, letting them know that, there is more to yourself than you believe there is. It's, I wish there was a lot of this resources growing up for us as well. Mm. We kind of got robbed of our, us growing up. <laughs> I want to yeah. go back. I want to have the YouTube and all the social media <laughs> to, you know, to educate ourselves. Like we have a choice now to get out there and educate ourselves and not rely just, like you said, on those books and, and psychiatrists or, or you know, whatever we had on TV back then. <laughs> but it's, it's true. It's it's amazing. Now, let's talk a little bit about your book. I think a lot of the stuff that you talk comes from self-experience, right? Or your past experiences that you had in life. Tell us a little bit about your, your past and your life. And, you know, are you married? Do you have any kids? Right. Um, I am on my second marriage. I got married very young. I was 24. And that marriage didn't go well. Uh, within 24 hours of the wedding, I came to realize that I had married a psychologically abusive man. So for me, going from a super sheltered kid into this toxic marriage was very, very difficult. And I had to find my way around. I didn't have that many resources available in terms of not just uh, what's available in in terms of self-help and and uh, teachers and gurus, but also in terms of family and friends, I I don't have any family locally, and I just had to learn the hard way, and it made me more resilient. Mm. So I am trying to integrate my personal journey with my professional experience. Uh, in divorce and family law, and also all the resources that I have come along uh, along the way, all the all the learnings that I have picked up. I'm also a Jack Canfield certified uh, success principles trainer, so I'm trying to integrate all the knowledge and create something that's going to be of value, that is practical, that is user friendly, and that is going to help people. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. That's amazing. And now your book, The Relationship Solutions. I mean. What what came by that? How did you come to write that? What was what did it come to you? I mean, is it just from yourself, from experiences through through your life, or is it from your clients? What is the book really all about? Okay, Relationship Solutions is my second book. My first book, Solve the Divorce Dilemma was inspired by the need of women who are on the fence, who are struggling in their relationships and may feel trapped the same way I did. So I wanted to bring to my readers the kind of help, the nurturing, the support, and the empowerment that I wish I had when I was going through a very difficult situation in my first marriage. Mm -hmm. And I was inspired by a, a retreat I attended, a, a women's forgiveness retreat. And I realized how many women were struggling in their marriages or still reeling from divorces that took place many years ago. Mm -hmm. And I, I had wanted to be a writer my entire life since I was in high school. 
And I thought this would be a great opportunity to give people the guidance I wish I had. And I wrote the first book for women, but men became interested um, because the title was provocative. Guys were starting to read the book and they were giving me feedback. And I decided to write a book that would be helpful not just for women, but also for men, be gender neutral and something that could also be used by couples. The book itself uh, contains a series of reflections. It's a combination of my personal experience and some reflections. It, the starting point are the teachings of uh, Anthony Domello, who was an Indian priest and psychotherapist. And he advocates that that awareness is really the way out of our suffering. So I try to guide my readers through a journey of self-discovery, get to know themselves better, understand themselves, their relationships, how they got into their relationships so that they can, from a place of clarity, decide how they want to go about this, uh, their relationships, whether to stay in them and try mm -hmm. to repair them or to let them go in a way that is amicable and that supports creating a better life once their marriages end. That's amazing. Now, when you got married the first time, was that, um, was that a long-term relationship or was it something that was just, just sort of happened because you said you were young? Just trying to figure out how 24 hours later you figure out this is not the right thing for me. What am I doing here? That's right. But no, we had been together for three years and we had a very, very lovely courtship. And uh, I thought it would be forever. I never expected that uh, things would turn out the way they did. So it, 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 it is not uncommon when it comes to toxic relationships. It's, it's not unusual for a partner to demonstrate and, and, and start uh, abusive behaviors after the wedding mm. because it is at that point that they feel that they have control over the partner and the partner is less likely to leave. Yeah. It's funny because I know for a fact, we know actually a few couples that, that went through that. And that's why I wanted to ask you that question is because they had been together for a long time and they get married and Sonia, they got divorced within like months. And so one of them was a week after the wedding. So exactly the same thing. You think you know someone for a long time and then you get married and then light bulbs go off. You're like, okay, no, 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 this is not what I signed up for. What changes, what happens right after marriage that um, it changes their relationship that you thought it was going to be forever? You know what I mean? Yes. I mean, it, it's the fact that uh, my husband at that point, he realized he had me and uh, he knew I was not going to run away. He knew I'm Catholic. I'm, I'm, I'm religious. And yeah. I was not going to end my marriage right away. And uh, I, I was facing opposition from my family. If I had come out right away, I'm sure my mom would have said, hey, you should have known that, you know, why didn't you figure this out before right. you had the wedding? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I found myself trapped and he knew I, I would find myself in a trap. And that's why he waited. And it's not unusual. In fact, I don't know if you've heard of this movie, Sleeping with the Enemy with yeah. Julia Roberts. It's from the 90s. It, that's exactly what happened in that movie. So it's not an unusual situation. No, absolutely. I know. Like I said, I, I know personally know a couple of people that I did that. So it's not unusual. It actually, in fact, it's pretty usual. And a lot of times people say, well, what the hell was I thinking? You know, getting myself into this marriage. Yeah. And that's the exact same way that, you know, it could be, you know, the, the, the male or female. I mean, both feel the same way sometimes, you know. And it was nowhere yeah. close to Sleeping with the Enemy movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The situation, but, yeah. So what are 
some of the relationship solutions? For me, the, the starting point is understanding where how, how you ended up in this relationship. And very often, and I think for, for many of us, and myself included, we enter into relationships full of expectations and, and under certain social norms that define the marital relationship. And we don't realize that we, we don't normally realize it because it's so ingrained in us. For example, we are told that we have to get married by a certain age and it has to be someone from uh, our particular social group or, or ethnicity and that this is the way uh, couples interact with one another and the man wears the pants and, and women stay at home. And it's different for every generation and every social group and every country. But the bottom line is that we and we get married with a certain sets of expectations. And when we enter into the relationship, it may not measure up to that expectation. And unless we understand what brought us into the marriage to begin with, what are the norms that we are living by and examine them? Do they serve us? Mm. Do they make sense for us? Do they further our happiness? And once you gain that clarity, you can understand and you can create for yourself an ideal of what is it that I need from a marriage? Can I create this with my spouse? And uh, then try to work things out if you can. And, and if you conclude that you cannot make things work after giving it your best shot, going through counseling, making an intentional effort on both parts to make the relationship work, then you can move on to divorce mm. amicably. And, and the important part of, of the, the solution is, like I said, on gaining that clarity, that understanding, and then tapping into your uh, self-expression, trying to create a life that is satisfying to you based on your ideals mm. and what makes you tick, tick, what brings joy to you in your life. And also understand that if your relationship ends, that it's not a failure on your part, that it is a learning experience. It's part of a, a personal journey that you have to go through. And that, that strengthens you as you go through a divorce or try to mend a relationship when you practice forgiveness and kindness towards your spouse. Mm. And when you also practice self-care so that you can be a better person, more nurturing and more effective and in your relationships with others. Yeah, I think the self-care one is 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 huge because, uh, I mean, we know of people and, and it's not a, uncommon where, um, you know, there's a couple, they're married, the wife is e either the wife or the husband. One of them is stay at home and doesn't know anything other than what's at home, which is still a heck of a lot of work. But they don't. So when something like this comes about where they're the, the, the relationships about the break up or whatever the the home person doesn't have the 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 same powers as the person that's out at work and and socializing with people they're 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 a lot more confident they're a lot more uh stable with themselves so i think being self-aware of that you know also going after the things that you like yeah. and and hobbies and that kind of stuff you're you know you you, you strengthen your own mindset to make that relationship a little bit better 
Yes, I agree with you 100%. I think we don't understand what our spouses' lives are like when they're when they're away from us. For me, it was a revelation. I'm I'm remarried, going to my husband's job and see what a day in the office was like. It gave me such an understanding of why this man is so frazzled and so tense and and so grumpy. You know, you have to walk in somebody else's shoes to really understand yeah. what they're going through. Absolutely. And it's and you come home and then there's your, your wife's been home alone and, and you don't want to talk because you're tired. And and uh, you really need to come together and explain to one another, have that communication and say, hey, you know, I'm feeling lonely or mm. I am feeling tired and and try to let the other one know what it is that they need from one another and try to be creative and find ways to provide that for one another and give them also the freedom to provide those things for themselves. Like you said, with the hobbies or whatever else brings relief to the other party. So we need to be self-nurturing and also partner nurturing, but finding that balance. Mm. I love that. I love that. The, the find balance is so important as well, because a lot of times, like you said earlier, we, we get into a relationship, Sonia, and we have all these crazy high expectations of our partners that they have to be a certain way. They're, that We have this dream in our mind that we, we think is that, and it's not that once we get to know them, once we start to live with them. Listen, these are different human beings that are coming into this new life that they're also trying to figure out how to cope with, you know, being together all the time, living in the same space, having children, uh, you know, um, making it so sort of, um, having the same kind of money. It's all different in terms of, as, as a couple, as a, than it was before when you got married. So what we try to do with our show is we say we try to eradicate divorce and exactly because of this, divorce is inevitable. It's going to happen and it happens all the time. What we're trying to do is say, look, there are so many ways that it can help yourself figure out who you are, what you want, be clear of that, and then share that with your spouse. And if you two can work it out and you think you can live together, being communicating 100% honest with each other, then you can work things out. If not, that's what I believe is when things start breaking down, it's like, I don't know you. You don't know me. We're not working out properly. Mm. Things are not going the way we expect it to go, you know? And that's when kind of like, like, couples break up. Yeah, they, they, don't, they don't grow together. So they don't get to know who the person has grown up to be when by the time they get 50 or 40, whatever, so many years of, of uh, marriage. They, yeah, you got to learn how, how to grow together and you got to learn how to, um, to, to know each other's communicate. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's and, where I was going with it. Communicate together. To communicate with each other, like knowing how, in, in our case, knowing how Nina communicates to me and the way I communicate to her, whether it's love language or uh, attachment styles or whatever it is, knowing these things about your spouse can help the relationship grow and grow together a little bit more by knowing each other. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if that's what your book uh, kind of does, helps people, because you say like either divorce um, amicably or, you know, find ways to to make the relationship grow. Yes, and and I emphasize that you don't necessarily have to rush to divorce. And I think that's where a lot yeah. of people go wrong because sometimes things are not working 
but you can make them work out. Like, let's say, for instance, you get you got married for the wrong reasons. Let's, let's say you got married because you thought you had to be married by the age of 25 or because you were pregnant. It was not intended or because there were not that many guys in your in your area and it was a small pool of candidates and you just <laughs> ended up marrying this person. But that doesn't Slim mean pickings. the relationship is over, you know, just because you may not have married for the best of reasons or the best of expectations. That doesn't mean you can't make things work out with your partner. So you need to step back and work with your partner to decide what is it that I want, what do you want? Can we bring it together? Because otherwise, if you just bail out too soon thinking, oh, you know, I just get married too young or I was pregnant or I didn't know what I was doing. Can you find something redeeming in this person that can be the basis for a happy relationship? And very often you can. And sometimes you just have to invent it because mm. it wasn't there. So it is a project and it's a joint project. It's not something that you can just do on your own and your partner not be engaged. You have to bring your partner in and not assume that everything that's wrong in the marriage is the other person's fault. You Absolutely. need to step back and, and figure out, wait a minute, how am I, what am I bringing into this relationship that is, is not making it work? Yeah. What what are my what are the dynamics that are bringing that I am bringing in and what happens when I try something different? Yeah. Absolutely. And that's what we were talking about is trying to figure out, you know, your attachment styles, your love languages, your yes. you, the way you communicate together. I mean, all of these things accumulate and all they they contribute to to your relationship whether whatever that, you know. I mean, we sit there we all the time we say what's our pros and cons in our relationship? What are the pros and cons in our personal life? So if there are a lot of things that are annoying me about Roger, and I sit there and think, you know what? This is inevitable. The things are going to annoy me. We are living together for 24 years. We're partners in everything. So my pros and cons, I got to outweigh them. Well, if my pros are better than cons, I, you know, I'm going to make sure I work on that relationship. If it's all bad, 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 negative, and I'm ha unhappy 90% uh, of the time, then I got to look into why I'm this is happening, why I'm unhappy. If you can fix it, great. If you can't fix it, then yes, the next step is separation and, and you know, ultimately divorce, but. Yeah. Some couples are meant, to, I mean, they're not meant to be together. Yeah. Just like you said, your, fir your first marriage, you, you weren't meant to be with that person. But others, like I said, it's just slowly growing apart and not, not thinking that they can get back together or get, get, get their uh, mindsets, their lives, everything back into a level playing field. Right. And sometimes the starting point is just going back to where you, when you first got together and, and yeah. what, because you know what, when we first get together with our partners, we don't need that much. We just need to be with one another yeah. and that is enough. And, and if you start exploring, wait a minute, what did we have then that made us compatible? Is it still there? Mm. You know, and what was the glue? Is that glue still around and if it isn't, is there a different kind of glue? Yeah. What else is there? Because sometimes we get too complacent and we turn into an old pair of shoes. And <laughs> other times we grow into separate directions. And sometimes we get upset when our partners are going in a different direction or interpret it personally, like it's something they're doing to get away from us. So it's important to regroup and bring your partner into the conversation. For example, um, I know of couples that break up when somebody decides to go to school. 
you know, get an advanced degree or, or yeah. a change in profession. And sometimes the other party would think, oh, you're trying to get away from me. Uh, you're bored with me or you think you're better than me. Right. And, and the other party does not realize that their desire to pursue something new is hurting the partner. If you were to have that discussion and say, hey, I'm just trying to do something for us. I want to uh, create better prospects for myself at work so that we can have a better life, so that we can take those trips that we have been talking about that we can't afford. So make it about the couple. The reason why I'm going in a separate direction is for us make sure you include the other party because very often uh, people also do things that exclude their partners, whether they mean it or not is irrelevant. It's, it's also doing the harm. And it can be prevented again by first having the awareness of what you're doing and how it's affecting your partner. Absolutely. You know, I, we have, I have actually have a friend of mine whose parents have been together, I think 40 or 50 years. And she says it, they shouldn't be together. They fight all the time. They nag on each other all the time. They have a miserable relationship, but yet they're staying together and holding on to whatever that is. I mean, what do you say to that? They're not young. I mean, they're not older either, but they're in their seventies and they're still fighting. And could, should they get divorced? Should they, you know, throw in the towel after 50 years? You know, surprisingly, the fastest growing group uh, a divorce group is gray. It's a gray divorce. It's seniors. Um, the the rate of divorce has more than doubled in that group. And surprisingly, the people who report being happiest about divorcing are people in their 70s. Mm -hmm. Why is that? Do you know? They finally got I rid think, of them. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it's 50 years of torture, you know? Yeah. No, but, but seriously, um, sometimes people are afraid of taking risks and uh, so they stick it out or, or they think about what have I invested in this relationship? I have been here for 50 years, but the other way to look at it is, Hey, I'm in my seventies. I probably have another 15, 20 years. How do I want to live? Do I want to live with quality? Do I want to live in peace or do I want to be in a constant battle with my spouse? Mm -hmm. So you really need to examine what what is this relationship doing to you? And if it's not fixable, you're never too old, or it's never too late to be happy. Yeah. I agree. I agree. If you're in your in that, if you're in your gray and you want to get divorced, and look, hey, you only have so much, like you said, so many years left. If you've been unhappy for 30, 40, 50 years, then you know what? I, I hope you get divorced and be a little happier before you go. You know what I mean? I agree. Some people enjoy that that uh that's not stress, but the bickering, the the uh, yeah, drama, do. like they they crave it, so they 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 look for stuff to to fight about. So I don't know, maybe maybe that's all it is. But you had said something earlier that like go back to your I guess first years when you were together, and uh, like I was talking, to, we were talking to somebody recently, and they were saying they were talking about you know sex with their spouse. They schedule it, and the other times it's like, when am I ever in the mood? What, like, I'm not in the, like, if I, what if I'm not in the mood? But I think to myself, I'm like, well, when you first got together, that's probably all you wanted to do, you know, uh -huh. with each other. So you got to look back at at what used to attract you to them, what it was, and if it's not there, let's say if if you were attracted to him because of his hair and he's bald now, well, you got to find something else. <laughs> you got to look for that's the right. other things. 
You know, so, I mean, it's it's looking back, like you said, to the times when everything was bliss and happy and you didn't have the stresses at like the jobs of the kids and all that stuff and see if you can kind of rekindle that, whether it's going to on a, on a date at where you first met or listening to your, your you know, the mixtape that he made for you when he was a kid or something, you know, like kind of rekindle that that um, that love that you used to have. So that's a that's a great point. Absolutely. And, and and it doesn't have to be anything fancy or difficult like that playlist. That's wonderful. It's those little things. And if you make an effort of focusing on that and looking for new things, because it's all about growing together. Yeah. I think the only you know, thing um, effort about that would be finding a tape player. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, any thrift store would have those. <laughs> go to the Salvation Army store. I'm sure I'll you can go get a Betamax and all that good stuff. An yeah, 8-track. I'll, I'll go to that deep corner underneath my laundry room in the basement. <laughs> I'll probably find something there. Now, in your book, The Relationship Solution, I was I was doing a little research on it, and someone had mentioned that said, I was actually, it was a review, said it's like a, a spiritual GPS mm. about your book. Tell us a little bit about that. I'm really interested to know what that means. It's a spiritual GPS because it gives you guidance. It, it shows you the way for you to find your happiness and your joy. It gives you the tools so you can find your way. Mm. And, and, and that's the important thing because you don't want somebody telling you how to live your life, how to live your relationship. That's something that's very personal to you, but this gives you the tools so that you can do your own thinking and your analysis and figure out what is it that makes it work for you. And we all have that wisdom, but we don't realize that we do. We don't trust it. And that's what this book helps you do. So the spiritual part is that you dig deep and you figure out your your road, I guess. Yes, and uh, and it's not a hard thing to do. And the book guides you through a series of queries so that you it gets you thinking. And I recommend that you write it down. And when you write it down, you can just go back to it, and uh, it it triggers some so many more ideas. And and as you look back, it helps you create a foundation so that you can go forward. And uh, it is it is a very valuable uh, tool for anyone to use, and not just in relationships, but uh, in any area of your life. I think self-examination is one of the most important things you can do. I think Socrates was the one who said, know yourself. Yeah. And uh, that was centuries ago and he got it right. I think self-knowledge is, is a very important pillar of happy living and happy relationships. And confidence, a hundred percent confidence. Knowing, knowing yourself, like obviously over the years you're, yeah, I'm 47 now, so I got 47 years to, to learn about myself, and I'm finally getting to know myself. I was just going to say, a lot of us figured out in our late, you know, late 30s, maybe early 40s, if we're lucky, because we go through life just, you know, looking for something to figure out who we are. But it takes so long, Sonia, to find out who we really are, because we have to go through those experiences to really, yeah. you know, like the baby doesn't know how to walk. They have to figure out, okay. What do we do? You know, they watch us walking. They're like, okay, maybe I'll try it. So they're learning from, you know, people ahead of them. So I guess that's us learning our path through life. <laughs> yes, and it's, it's, it's a project that is, is ongoing. It's never over. 
Yeah. You are you are evolving throughout your life at every stage and you discover new things. And I find it as I get older that life gets more interesting and more exciting. And you build on that wisdom that you acquire along the way. And the best part, it's liberating to get older because you don't get bogged down by the same things that you did. It's like I, I think about you're you're in you're a teenager and you think getting getting a zit on the day of the prom is the end of the world. Yeah. And as you get older, these things just don't face you. It's so liberating. Yeah. It's I so agree with what you're saying because we have a teenagers right now. We have two teenagers in the house. And when my daughter comes to me complaining about something, I look at her and I want to say, oh, just get over it. But then I realize I'm like, I say that now I'm in my 40s. When I was her age, it that was, was a such a big deal. So I try to get to her level and try and talk to her that way in her voice, in her words, and try and console her that way. Because like I said, I can easily say, oh, you'll get over it. A perfect example now is, is you know, because of COVID, she's going to be gra graduating into high school and that's all canceled. Now, there was all kinds of stuff that she was looking forward to and she was in tears the other day thinking about it. So, but I, I look back and I'm thinking, I'm like, I don't even remember my grad into into high school or very little bit my my high school graduation. You know what I mean? So, like you said, it's so in, insignificant, but it's a massive undertaking now to them, even though it's nothing. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and you have to be you have to be compassionate. You have to be compassionate to your younger self. And, and to your older self. And I think it's really important to just reframe things instead of say, get over it. It's like, you yeah. know, think about that. How important is this going to be in 20 years? Yeah. And that's something that I heard more than 20 years ago. And it's still very useful. When, when I think something is the end of the world and it's really upsetting, I step back and try to think, what is the impact of this for the rest of my life? And for the most part, it's trivial things that are inconsequential. And if you can just step back and say, wait, well, if this is the worst that happened to me today, it's a good day. Yes. Because there's so many other things that could be so much worse. Yeah, absolutely. 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 Yeah. And you said you, you're on your, this, this is your second marriage? How long have you been yes. married this time around? 14 years. We've been together for 21 years. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. Good for you. Well, I'm so happy for you. Now, tell us where do our viewer find you? If they want to reach out to you, you want to get your book, they want to get your help, you know, want to help with empowering and, you know, divorce stuff, where can they find you? <laughs> The best way to get in touch with me is through my website, soniafrontera.com. And there you will find links to all my social media. You can learn about my projects, my events, my books, and uh, where you can acquire them, which uh, is everywhere online. My books are available, Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and all of the online stores. And you can also reach me directly. Uh, you, there's uh, the ability to send me an email. I love to hear from readers and listeners and get their thoughts and ideas and how I can be of help. Yeah. And where, where, where are these retreats you're saying you're, you, you hold? Well, right now, because of COVID, uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, my events had to be canceled, but I'm starting to regroup and it looks like we might be able to get started again in the fall. So that's why it's important to stay tuned and check in with my website because they will be, uh, they will be there. And I'm looking forward to getting started in the New York area, the New York New metro York area. area in the fall. Love it. Love it. Well, thank you so much. So last 
question before you leave. Give our viewers, what's your advice for, you know, a couple that's not sure if they can make it or not? They're kind of losing that spark and they want yeah. to try and... Don't give up. Don't give up on yourself or, or uh, on your on your relationship. Divorce regret is something that afflicts 50% of couples, 50% oh, really? of people who get divorced. So don't be a victim of divorce regret. Don't make a decision in haste. Give it your best shot and give your relationship a chance unless you're in an abusive situation. And you might be surprised. I know that some of my readers do get back together. So Give it your best shot. Give your relationship the chance it deserves because you deserve to be happy. Absolutely. I love it. Give it your best shot. You heard her. Or just read the book. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We'll have all those link in, uh, in our uh, show notes. Yeah. Thanks again for coming on the show. We loved it. Appreciate everything you done for us. Thank you guys awesome. for all you do for couples because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are struggling and hurting and uh, can use your energy and you are an inspiration. Thank you so much. You. We hope so. We hope you can help as you many are. people out there as possible. Well, we, no, we, we originally started the podcast just so we can better our relationship. It, it was kind of like a, a savior for me from keeping her to try to, from trying to kill me. <laughs> so I figured That's this important. is the way to do it. Yeah. To learn, to learn from people like yourselves and, 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 uh, and just the research that we do, uh, for other topics. And it's working. Yeah. He's still here. It's your project. You see, you're, you're, you're creating something together that is enhancing your relationship. It's something that wasn't there before. It's absolutely. Proves my point. (laughs) Proves my point. 100% right. That's exactly what's happening. We have learned so much in the last seven, eight months that we've been doing this. And for our relationship, for our family, it's incredible. This guy's not going anywhere. Ah, he's a keeper. Don't post him on Craigslist. (laughs) Post him on Craigslist. I love that. Perfect. Thanks again. Thank you, guys. It's been a pleasure. If you enjoyed this episode of the podcast, please hit subscribe and give us a five-star rating on whichever platform you're tuning in from. It means the world to us to have your support on our show in this little mini way. <laughs> you can also stalk us on Instagram at Head Over Heels Show for more juicy stuff. If you have any questions, send them via email at us at hohshow.com or DM us on socials. Thank you for having us between your ears. And as always, we, we wish, wish you what, you what we, have. we have.